everyone to another episode of Blow or Die with my co-host Anton and today we are we have the pleasure of uh, two very accomplished female jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsuers here. Firstly uh-huh. one of my longest friends in the jiu-jitsu game, Jodie Hardy, a, a brown belt under Perkins Jiu-Jitsu who have been with me since white belt days. Uh-huh. Uh, we've cried on the mat together, on and off the mat together. And uh, probably one of our most memorable memories has been travelling to New Zealand last year to attend a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu camp with none other than um, Leticia Havero and Bia Mosquita, where we met the lovely Sandra Hosabong, is that how I say your surname? Yeah. Um, from Montreal, Canada, a blue belt there. So welcome, Jody. welcome, Sandra. Thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. Just Many to be years. clear, I don't think you are from Montreal. I, I Sandra, I think, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. from Toronto. Sorry, Toronto. Sorry, uh, sorry. That's okay. Yes. There we go. Yeah. We're going to get a geography. <laughs> I'm going to take some geography. I actually really love that story, though. That I'm sorry, I messed it up. That um, it was like an Australian. And a uh, Canadian met in New Zealand on a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu camp. So, I mean, if anything gets more international than that, I, I don't know it yet. So, yeah, that was mm. amazing. So, yeah, That's just what think about Jiu Jitsu, isn't it? It kind of brings everyone together. It's a really global, it's a, it really doesn't, um, even though it's got Brazilian in its title, it's very, it's very much. A melting pot, and that's what I love about it so much. Personally, yeah. it's so diverse. We, I think we did a count at the camp of, of how many different countries were represented at the camp. Yeah, a number. Yeah, <laughs> there was about sixty girls there, and it was huge. I mean, obviously the majority were from Australia and New Zealand, just for the logistics. But um, yeah, Sandra came all the way over from Canada, and it was really great. Yeah, to I think you were the farthest um, visitor for sure. Think. What, what, what's your take on camps? Like, I, I can't, I've, it's definitely like a bucket list kind of thing, probably for me and for quite a few people. But would you say that a camp is a place where you really develop, or like, if, if, or is it something else that you get that's not necessarily about developing your jujitsu? Is there something else that you get that you wouldn't get if you're going to classes? I don't know, twice a day, seven days a week. Like, what, what do, you, what do you think the, the key takeaways are from a camp? Just out for my sake. Um, I'd say for myself, I'm, I'm new to the jujitsu scene. I've been doing it for three years. You guys have been doing it much longer. So this was my first big experience where I was like traveling for a camp. Um, I, for me, I definitely learned there was, there were things that, I mean, there was so much information, but I, I would take the guard passing that I learned at that camp that stuck with me for a long time after after my training that just really stuck in my head um but also because i'm i'm newer in the scene because there were so many other competitors that i was meeting that all you guys were had like it was routine that you guys would go to worlds in vegas and and it just it i mean i was supposed to go this august because of the fact that I had met so many people like yourselves who were traveled 
like across the world to do it. So it, it really, so it helped me technically, I would say, but then on a community aspect, it helped me in terms of pushing me to, to really go forward in terms of competing. Makes mm, total sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well for me, I don't know about you, Jody, but it gives, as a mum and someone who works and, and has a lot of other responsibilities going to camp, gives you the opportunity to just focus 100% on jiu-jitsu for seven days or 10 days or however long it is. So you can actually retain that information much more than having to go to class, fill that in between rushing home, doing your other responsibilities, juggling everything else. Like it was all about jiu-jitsu. When you weren't training, you could rest and recover. And then you could go back and do more jiu-jitsu. So for me personally, it, it was a way to help me cement those techniques and um, yeah, like Sandra said, like to get to meet other women, I mean, it was very much a, I think it was like a girl power kind of camp. So mm. hey, Dion, there's Jodie <laughs> Park Dion in the background there. You want Dion. To <laughs> uh, coach. This is my coach. I'm outnumbered here, bro. Come and join the podcast. <laughs> I know, right? I was just having a little one myself I in see. the other room. <laughs> This is how I get graded. I slept with the coach. <laughs> yeah, but don't feel too special. That's how everyone got graded. <laughs> yeah, so that's for me was a really big takeaway from camps, uh, the camps that I've been on, and especially that camp. Yeah, that was great to have so many women together on in one yeah. place. How about you, John? Uh, for me, I think, again, like a, a different um, experience again. I had actually never travelled for jiu-jitsu. I had never actually travelled to another country on a plane. Um, so, yay me. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'd been on cruises, like to tropical islands. So it was a huge experience for me. I was really nervous because I um, probably at my worst physical condition um, in my jiu-jitsu journey uh i just had knee surgery about six seven months earlier um but was good enough to just work around it and and leticia and and bia were awesome at, at supporting me through that and so so was alessandra um and for me i guess the whole experience of traveling and, and with you kim um because we know that you like to travel alone a little bit <laughs> i know on Kim. I'm like, you're not fucking leaving my side. I've never done it before. <laughs> oh, what can I say? I like to go off and do stuff on my own. And Jody kept like, where the hell is Kim? Kim's gone. And I was like, I'm out of here. Too many people in one room for me. I can't take this anymore. Big bad New Zealand is going to eat me up. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> good with people i'm not a people person <laughs> That's what I'm doing in podcast, yeah. the camp itself um i came back so inspired like uh the, the those two coaches um i can't even like amazing like the little details everything they're just i come back so inspired um i was like right i am getting myself into some sort of half decent shape eventually i'm going to go over there i'm going to train at her at like the teacher's academy um and i had all this passion and then i think it was about two days before the end of the camp i got a phone call from the hospital i was booked in for another knee surgery again two days after we got back so i went 
straight back to the club and we did guard passing stations. And like I tell my God, I have never passed guard like that in my life. <laughs> and I came out with all this passion and, and all these new stuff and, and I was like, yes. And that one night and, and then I probably haven't really hit the mats properly again yet. Wow. So, and do you, do you, that's just amazing. And do you, okay, do you think it's the quality of the coaching at the camp or that it's a different location or there's large chunks of time? Like what is the secret sauce? Because it sounds to me like everybody should do a jiu-jitsu camp once a year based on oh, what you guys are saying. Once in their life, I reckon. Maybe not everybody's got the means every year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it consolidated some relationships for me as well. Um, yeah. and, and I was there with my gal pals, you know, like like Chantelle and Kim who and Kim and Chantelle's daughters. Um, Hayley, who I sort of really only just newly got to go like get to know on the camp and, and she's awesome. She's, she's dominant. Um, she's local. So, and sharing it with them and then meeting some of the other girls that I've stayed in contact with afterwards and, and everyone videoed their, their moves and everyone sent videos to each other afterwards. And, um, yeah. and then there's chicks from New York, um, Japan, uh, oh. Where else? I'm trying to think where some of the others were from. Like there was heaps, heaps of, uh, of all over the world and obviously all over Australia as well. So it's really good to sort of cement those networks. And um, Sandra, as she said, and I had talked about going to Vegas this year to go to the World Masters together mm. as a bit of a reunion from the camp. Mm. So it's kind of ironic because in a perfect world, her and I would probably both be training our asses off right now because it'd be like a month away, yeah. Mm. And instead, here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Um, not even I would say, like, looking back, I'm so glad I had the foresight to do it because, uh, like, I was kind of on the fence last year because financially, obviously, to go down there is, uh, it, it, it was costly. Um, but I got, a, I, I got a second job tutoring just to kind of, add some additional income because I was like, no, I really, really want to do it. And I'm going to do it now, you know? Um, and who would, yeah, that's such a great point. Like who said you should do this camp and you thought, yeah, I'll invest thousands of dollars or whatever uh, it costs. Like yeah. who was the one or what was the conversation that had you think, shit, yeah, I'm in? Well, when I started jujitsu, um, I had heard of Leticia's camps and I was really drawn to it because um, one of her students is Rita Lynn Gribben and she's a black belt. Uh, and uh, I had actually, I actually started jujitsu in 2008. Um, I did it for like a year. I, I don't think I was mentally ready for it. I was kind of, I was very much half-assing it. Like, I, I don't think I was ready to suck, to really embrace sucking back then. Um, and, and I think you need to have that in the beginning. I'm still embracing uh, it. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it doesn't leave. So I think, I think I didn't, I think my, I think I had my ego, my ego was too kind of like bruised. So I, I made excuses and didn't continue it. But actually I started, that's how I, I, I got in touch with Leticia was because Rita Lynn, um, her and I actually started, uh, or she was in Winnipeg, but she would come to the gym that I was at in Toronto. So she was a white belt too. Um, and anyways, so 
I yeah. So what happened was in the beginning when I started jujitsu three years ago, um, this camp I had heard of Leticia and Rita and all these camps, and uh, I really wanted to do it. But last year when it came about, I'm just like I'm just gonna do it because I'm tired of just always thinking of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I went to New Zealand. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand, and I just kind of made it happen. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad I did. Went to Queenstown. I jumped out of an airplane and I was hesitant about that too. And I'm so glad I did it because now it's like I can, I can go to the grocery store and that's, that's a big trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You must know yourself as going completely different. Like if you'd never done that, you'd be still the person who's sitting on the fence yeah. getting splinters in your butt from sitting on the fence all the time. But now you're yeah. a person who jumps out of planes. I have and no regrets even the past year I started competing about a year ago and I made a point of trying to compete monthly and the whole I knew in the back of my head life is short and you know but I was always thinking okay injury or an accident or anything can happen I never would have thought a pandemic never would have thought this situation but I always did have that on the, in the back of my head um, and I'm just glad I, I have no regrets I'm glad I pursued whatever I wanted to pursue. Yeah. And Sandra, um, what was it that took you back to jujitsu then? You said you started 2008 and then had a break and then three years yeah. ago you started again. What, what happened? So I've been doing martial arts for 20 years, uh, over 20 years. I started as a teenager, uh, mainly karate, but I did Kung Fu. I lived in, in China as well. And I studied Kung Fu there for a bit. Um, what happened was, so I, I lived in Germany um, I came back from Germany and was starting to build my life back here again. And um, a friend of mine who was my, one of my first instructors has a, a karate gym. So I, I, I joined his gym upon coming back. And then I stopped. I just wanted to try a different martial art. And the instructor that I'm, I'm currently under, I had met him 20 or so years ago when he would come to my karate gym to teach us jujitsu. Um, wow. Yeah. And he, and he, I moved close to his gym. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try and see what jujitsu is like, but I was hesitant because I don't like partner work in anything. <laughs> I hate working with people, <laughs> you know, but it's been like, it's interesting because now that's what I miss so much is working with another person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what about yeah. you, Jade? Like, I'd love to know how, like, you hadn't been on a plane, and I'm fascinated <laughs> by what triggers people or what pulls people into action, especially, you know, you're a brown belt, you've got lots, you know, going on, you've got a big family, you've got mm. so much going on here. Mm. What, yeah, what was it like, I need to get the hell out of town for a while, or was it? <laughs> That's what sold me. <laughs> I was like, what, holiday? Yes. <laughs> Um, oh, look, it's something, I, I was a big fan of Letitia, more, like, even more so than, than Bia, um, and I probably got that from Dion, actually, because, like, back even, like, years and years and years ago, Dion was always, like, a big fan of hers, because, um, I suppose, you know, he, grappling style, smaller person, and, and he knew that, you know, she's just a beast, and so that sort of drew me to it anyway, and I thought, oh, you know, what was included for the price? of that camp um i mean how much did it cost is that i think it was 
$650, I think, or something like that for accommodation oh, yeah. as well as the camp. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. I thought it was crazy, pretty good. Crazy cheap. Or yeah. Less than a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it basically just, we just paid the airfares and our food. Yeah. And our yeah. food, yeah. So everything yeah. was included um, for like seven days. Even, look, I was a little... I was like, oh, I don't know about hostel accommodation. Like, you know, I've only heard bad things. I think I stayed in one in St Kilda about 20 years ago when we came over from Adelaide for the bean um, competition. <laughs> um, that hostel was not nice. <laughs> so I was a little like, oh, but the hostel that we stayed in was beautiful. Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, and I guess it was just, yeah, I was driven because I wanted to go see Letitia. It was, it was close. Uh, and, and value for money was insane. Um, and once I got there and, and trained under them, I have never trained that much in my life, I gotta say. <laughs> like mm. like an hour and a half drilling, straight drilling, non-stop. And I, yeah. 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 And they were very- Part of the body, an hour and a half of drilling, and just switching gears on that. Like, is that, did you come out of this camp wrecked or? Yes and no. For me personally, I think drilling, I probably had lacked a lot in my training, even though, yes, I'm a black belt. I guess my beginning um, white, blue and half of purple years were spent at a club where we didn't do a lot of drilling. So it isn't sort of in my nature to go to class and get there an hour early and drill. And I guess if I'd done that, maybe it would have been better for my jiu-jitsu because I recognise that drilling is really important. And it's a, it's a thing you can do um, that doesn't really wreck your body quite as much as full sparring or full rolling. And the way that they taught the classes and, and ran the camp, I found it really helped to retain it. I wasn't mm. sure at first when they sent out the schedule and the timetable, I thought, oh, is that going to be enough? How's that going to work doing? Um, because I know some other camps might do a session in the morning then you go away and have your time and then come back and do a session in the afternoon or the evening. Whereas this was more just like one long block, I think like three hours straight, but it yeah. worked really well. I, looking back, I think that actually is better than doing two separate sessions because you were there and you retained it all. I wonder if we'd gone in the morning and come back, maybe you wouldn't come back in the afternoon or maybe you'd be tired and you couldn't train as hard. So for me personally, I didn't find that I was as wrecked. I'm not sure if that's because at that stage I was um, a fairly experienced grappler. I, I don't know, Sandra, if you felt the same. And you also won that fitness challenge. So <laughs> you were in really good shape. You were in really good shape. Do you remember? No, you bet all the all the twenty year olds. <laughs> I can tell you now, I would not win any fitness challenge right now. That's hundred percent. I know it. I think you're on the chin ups. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. So did you find the same though, Sandra, doing the, the way that they, they taught the camp with the drilling and stuff really helped? I thought it was amazing. Like, um, I was a bit nervous about the teaching part of it only because um, I'm a teacher, I'm a school teacher. And so when, 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 like, you can be an amazing martial artist, right? But you, if you don't know how to structure a class, like I've been in classes where I'm like, so I try to I try to turn that part of my brain off when I'm when I'm taking classes, um, but I was so impressed. Like the way that it was organized was just so like I I, I never felt bored. I felt like there was it was always so high energetic, and I didn't feel like I um, I was like too 
soar or to wreck to be able to continue. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, I remember the guard, the guard passing, like my legs, that's the only time I really felt because we were like crouched down for like hours, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah which, which was great because it honestly, it made me remember, like my body remembers how to position myself. So that, that's something that helped me when I went back is always knowing how to sink down that low and be comfortable with it automatically. Posture up and yeah. crouch down all at once. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kim, I'm so dying to know. Like, I don't know when, because you've probably got lots of things you want to talk about, but I really want at some point to find out about, like, because Jody's been around for a long time, and I'm always fascinated to know about, you know, when people came on the scene, what was the scene like, what was their experience uh -huh. of it. So, can you, I don't know where you want to go with this right now, but at least. Oh, at least can we ask Jody that at yeah, some well, point? This is part of the reason why, yeah, I thought we'd get the both of you on because I guess it would be wrong to have three jiu-jitsu women on without talking a bit about, um, you know, being a woman on the mat and especially mm. for myself and Jody who've been around a little while, maybe we've sort of um, seen a little bit of the scene and, yeah, just talk about how things have changed a little bit. I know when Jody and I first started, uh, I think I met Jody at the Pan Packs in... 2009 or something like that somewhere yeah, around there. we've got photos yeah mm -hmm. um and she um i still can't pass her guard you know I, uh, <laughs> we have the same grapple every time <laughs> it's, it's we're just stuck in groundhog day it's just this non-stop me and how have you been grappling I mean, out of the camp stuff i might be able to although you'll know you know the tricks as well if we ever do get back on the mat but um, yeah, when Jodie and I first started, there was probably maybe a couple of blue belt girls at, at mm. comps and things like that. There was certainly no high level women in Australia competing. Um, mm. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing the, the way it's changed over the years. It's, um, yeah, it's tenfold, wouldn't you say? Are you, were you a white belt then, Jodie? Is that what you were when you met Kim? Well, I think we were, we were both white or blue. White, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've gone the belts together, yeah. So Jody was under Debeen as well. So um, Perkins Jiu-Jitsu is a member of the club that I was previously at. It's a white belt, blue belt, and purple. So Jody and I have trained together quite a lot. I used to go there and train mm, mm. at least once a week. At least we once a, a week. We even had a high on the mats. We even had like a women's open mat. It came up in my memories not too long ago at Debeen's with Sunny. Yeah. Yeah, and about nine years ago, ten years ago. Yes. Yeah. And someone else. I can't remember her name. Uh, um, Lauren. Uh, I can't remember either. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. That, was, that, was, that, that was at the Beans. I think it was a lunchtime session. We a did handful a handful of women. There was just a handful of women around. And, yeah, so mm. I guess I was interested to hear your thoughts, if you could share with the listeners of what it is, you know, if you're a chick out there on the mats, struggling how do you kind of persevere with it how do you kind of survive those especially early days or early years of jiu-jitsu where you just feel like you suck and mm -hmm. a chick can really suck even more in jiu-jitsu so it just was interesting mm -hmm. how you approach it i suppose um I mean, it's, it's really different now i mean even like with, with the open mats that we we run once a month um, I started that, I think back in 2010, I was 
inviting people like you and, and Mary Ann and Chantel, you're all coming out to our club, my club, because I had, you know, 500 children that were all very little. And so they all come to our gym and we had the mat space and, and we were grappling together back then. So I sort of played a lot of defence within my own club, like with the guys, I was always on the defence, developed my guard really quickly, like early on because of that. Um, and then I probably developed a top game later on because I was grappling women. So it, it's like anyone, like even, and now because I'm I'm big girl, when I get together with the smaller guys, I can still practice my my top game. Then, um, look, I've, there are some girls out there that have had issues with you know not great attitudes or vibes with some male partners they've had, and and I can honestly say I've never had that. Um, never in in any of the clubs I've visited. I think in Melbourne we've got a pretty good culture um, within most most of the gyms I've ever been to. Um, but yeah, find yourself a, a girl buddy and, and and hit her up, even if you're from different clubs. Like get together once once a month, even is all it is. But there's most gyms now have at least a handful of women. Yeah. I was yeah. watching a video the other day. I was, I was watching a video the other day. It was my son gave it to me. It was about all about how to get to the NBA, right? And what it, the mm. video said was very few people make it to the NBA, but what happens is the, ki the kids who don't develop quickly or are smaller or are not as strong end up technically way better yes. than the kids who are just yep. beast, who are man-child, man-children, yep. women-children, et cetera. But I think the same thing kind of applies to women's jiu-jitsu. Like they're in a gym with usually bigger, stronger human beings, mm. and it means that it's an opportunity for them to actually be much better technically down the track. You know, and it's a real opportunity because yeah. if you've got strength, you use strength. And I don't think that that's ultimately in the best interest of jiu-jitsu because eventually mm -hmm. there's going to be someone bigger and stronger. So that's, that's right, what I got from that video. Um, just heard yeah. it then in what you were sharing. Mm. It's hard yeah, though, to sort of have that attitude. Where back in the day. What's that? Sorry. I think Mary Ann was the first female I saw compete. I don't remember who she competed against either. I think she actually was competing in the male division back in... Yeah, she was. Early days. Really? I, I reckon it was a men's division she was competing in. And she probably was only like 16 or 17 years old or something. Yeah. Shout out to oh. Marianne. She's a hero yeah, of mine. Love you, Marianne. Unique character. Yeah. And that woman can spend six years off the mat, come back, and still be everyone. Yes. <laughs> she was stopping people in the last five minutes of her black belt grading after three hours rolling non-stop. Who is this woman? Jesus. <laughs> and then Esther. Esther's yeah. the other one. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that... I think it was uh, Dion and a couple of our crew went over to Tasmania years ago to do a comp over there. And um, there was this woman, and we, we figured it out, it, it was Esther. She was basically sitting up in the stands, breastfeeding her baby, got called on for her match, stopped doing that, run down, fought one, jumps back up and keeps breastfeeding. Like, That's so cool. A uh, warrior yeah, woman, I don't know. Yeah. That's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've only got about three minutes left, guys, so we'll probably have to wind it up because we've, uh, we've just got the free version of the Zoom, so it's on yeah. a timer. Um, Sandra, I don't know if you wanted to say anything more before we go. I miss jujitsu. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I really, really miss it. It's 
every time I hear myself talking in the past tense about it, I, I get sad. Um, but I, I, I just want to say thank you for having me over because it, it brought the jujitsu back into my life. Like it's jujitsu is going to have to be in different forms right now. So thank you. Thank you. And I miss, I miss you guys. It's nice that we can still do this around the world. Thank you for getting up at 7 a.m. Mm. over there yeah. doing this for us. Because thank it's, you. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, a long time since we've seen each other. And as I said, we should have been meeting over there yeah. in Vegas now shouldn't we but yeah. unfortunately not but maybe one day maybe and, and I just, i'll make it quick but i just want to say but this is one of the beautiful things about the camp is because of social media i'm still in touch with all these people that i met mm. at that camp from australia from new zealand and we will meet again mm. yeah yeah so i'm hoping they hold another camp <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the plan, wasn't it? it was meant to be but yeah, yeah. I'll come to I'll come to if it's you know if I'm invited if I if my gender can come I'm there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and thank and you Jody, for letting us have a girls' chat for once. It yeah, was, Jody, uh, I've been dominated by the guys for the last few podcasts, so I'm happy to have some chicks on. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Absolutely, I, I might. Like, I love the vibe of this. Like, I've had such a good time today. Thank you so much, Jody, And thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. Thank people. you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. And, yeah, hopefully we will meet again in person very soon that uh, this pandemic will eventually yeah. end and we can uh, actually yeah. grapple and uh, have struggle cuddles again. Thank you. We'll go and have our See you guys. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks. Bye-bye.